Welcome to Wook AF with Ruth Steele, the podcast that delves deeper into some of life's unanswered questions, fears not the juicy real talk and taboo topics, and aims to educate on self-help healing. Join us and relax as we explore the mindsets of those choosing happiness and making a positive impact in our desperately disconnected world. Welcome along or welcome back. Today I'm joined once more by my lovely friend Nikki Carr and we'll be discussing what comes next following COVID-19. It is our intention in this episode to open up the discussion and allow space for all of the feelings, the polar opposites, the conflict of opinion that might be coming and whether you've been feeling lonely and can't wait to reintegrate and are longing for a sense of normality or whether you're at the other end of the scale and have a lot of fear and are not sure whether you're ready to integrate yet. All is welcome here and we hope you enjoy the episode. well it's always different than I think it's going to be when it splits the screen yeah it's hard to get it right isn't it uh Vogue Vogue <laughs> okay we'll stop it now. awesome I can see you and I can hear you perfect me too Fab. Right. hello hi 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 gorgeous so nice to see you again yeah you too it feels like it's been forever oh well, I know it was August last night Oh my gosh, that's like flown. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, how time flies. I know. Yeah. How's it been for you? How are you doing? I mean, today is a great day. It's nice and sunny. and But that's the thing is every day is so different that you never really know how you're going to wake up every day. <laughs> that's it, for um, sure. But yeah, how about you? Same, yeah. I feel like... I feel like... I guess during this time, it's encouraged us just to take it one day at a time, like you said, just to not plan too much in the future, just kind of be a bit more present and just take it as it comes, because we haven't really had any other choice, right? Yes, it forces us to make intentional choices with what we're doing with our time, because you easily otherwise just end end up sitting here for a couple of hours and you're like, oh, it's no longer my day anymore. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so big things. I guess, how have you been feeling about going back? I don't know, is it much different in Scotland than what it is here for us? I think we're maybe like two weeks behind you guys. So we're not officially lifted from lockdown, but I think we're hearing this Thursday again um, on what the protocol is going to be. So if anything, I I kind of feel grateful that we're a little bit behind because then I'm kind of taking everyone else's lead to kind of see what's going on. And I've seen from some of my friends that um, live in Mallorca that they've already lifted their lockdown. Um, So yeah, it's it's interesting. Yeah, what is some of the feedback? Because I have some people who have been taking classes who quite few are in Tel Aviv, and Tel Aviv has also lifted restrictions. And the regulations for studios right now is that they're allowed to operate at half capacity. And I know that at first people were saying that 
even at half capacity they weren't feeling because there's still that fear of going out into public spaces. People are wanting to gather in groups with their friends and their family, but in terms of going into those more public areas, it's still not quite yeah, <laughs> it's hard. I've I've noticed in myself that I even have like I'm not sure which side I'm on if there is a side or I'm not yeah. sure like what my opinion is yet. Um, yeah. I was speaking to my friend yesterday. Her partner is um, a racing driver and he's been away working, but he's been taking like small internal flights where they've still been filling them to full capacity and people sitting next to each other and not everyone's wearing masks. And I was quite shocked by that. I was like, wow, I didn't, I didn't think that would be happening. But um, yeah, yeah. I guess, so I was reading somebody who was talking about how they were almost stranded somewhere when the borders were starting to close. So mm-hmm. maybe you're coming from that side of it where you're actually just still trying to get home even now. That yeah. That could be something that, why you would want to make that choice Um, because yeah I know it makes the smallest things that I'm in the part of London I'm in is a little bit removed so because I don't have a bike because I'm used to being on the right hand side of the road and so for me biking on the left is a little bit terrifying still (laughs) (laughs) so if I'm avoiding public transit and I don't have a bike that really limits even if the restrictions are lifted I still am so confined to what I have available walking and because of my geographical location that's still so limiting and it's I mean that's just such a small thing but it's something that's really impactful that even when restrictions are lifted we're not just going back to the way things were it's that's the thing and I'm curious how it's going to be for um instructors you know in the fitness industry um how that is going to be if if we're going to have to fill our classes, like you said, to half capacity or limit um, the amount of adjustments, obviously physical touch. Um, so yeah, I, I can I can sense in myself that there is that like nervousness, yeah. more, more so for others, more than myself, because you, you don't know if you're a carrier, right? So yeah. yeah, I think there is a fear there for sure that I can feel in myself and just the not knowing is, what makes it worse which is why I was so intrigued by your post I was like let's do this let's do a live like let's talk about it because then I think talking can can only help the situation just to kind of see what everyone's thinking yeah another thing that when I was having some of these conversations with one of my roommates was the professional aspect of going back and having people who might be coming from those different extremes that if I'm in a one-to-one private situation where some people might be expecting, oh, please bend the rules a little bit. I want your hands touching and adjusting me. And then how do I navigate my professionalism around that? Or the opposite, where people really just need me to like stay back. And then how effective can I be at my job in that one-to-one scenario? Yeah. And there's just, it's going to be a constant fluctuation. Mm-hmm. And the readjustments in terms of, having to wear face masks in addition to teaching and exercising with a face mask on and all of these things that are just pushing us outside of our comfort zone that we now live in a world outside of our comfort zone. There's no escape from it, which I think is maybe part of what's so unnerving is that it's not a dream we can wake up from. (laughs) We are in this for real. (laughs) Yeah, as much as we'd like to wake up and be like, that was all a dream. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah, absolutely. 
Um, so I'm quite intrigued actually. What was it that made you, what was it that made the cogs start turning for you to, to write that post? Like, have you experienced a lot of these conflicting opinions already or have you, yeah? Yeah. Um, well, I guess it was coming from all directions, which I think is what made it feel so relevant is that it felt like it was affecting every aspect of my life in different ways, in minuscule ways, but because it's so much, it just really adds to the pressure. So it was around, initially I noticed my anxiety around it when they first started talking about the potential of restrictions being lifted. And my thought was that when I would hear these words, I would be so excited. Mm. <laughs> I get to go back and see my friends, which was still there. But my overall reaction was like, oh, oh no. Like I still have so many questions about what is expected of me and mm-hmm. um, what's my responsibility and my role and yeah, how do I navigate other people's experiences in a respectful way while also giving equal value to what I need at this point and how can we find that balance of what's the greatest good for everyone and then also honoring the fact that if someone's making their greatest good choice but it's not your greatest good choice, how can we still make space for that as well? so mindful of that though because I, I do think that there are a lot of people that are very much in their own thoughts or their own bubble and they can't necessarily see you know that extra step like you have there so that's where I imagine that the, the conflict is going to arise and I mean I, I commented on your post didn't I I'm not sure whether it's a good example or not but <laughs> it, it was a bizarre moment that happened just last week when yeah when my neighbor was at the shop and obviously we are still on lockdown and I don't know what had happened. Someone had coughed near them and there'd been fists thrown and all the rest of it. But I was just like, God, I really hope that this isn't going to going to escalate and more people aren't going to be like that because you have to see it from all the sides. Like you said, the people who are wanting to just get back to a sense of normality and, and connect because loneliness is a real issue right now. And something, something else has crossed my mind as well is I'm wondering whether the suicide, suicide rate is going to rise again because of people dealing with things like loneliness from um, this quarantine time. But then, like you said, there's that opposite end of the extreme where people are desperately nervous and thinking, um, we don't really know whether the government's making the right choice, whether the curve's going to come up again before it, before they reinforce lockdown. So there's obviously going to be that nervousness and fear there as well. So it is really challenging. Well, that's the thing is, it's almost inevitable that there is going to be that second wave. It's just a matter of where and how big and how long that wave is going to be. And yeah coming back to those individual choices. So we have that scandal here in the UK right now about even some of the officials breaking some of the lockdown rules and how that's implying, well, are these strict rules or are they suggestions and we're supposed to rely on our instincts? And that's those are two very different things. And you want to live in a world where you can trust everyone to live on their instincts, absolutely. <laughs> um, but when you leave that gray area, then that's where the conflict can happen if you're not communicating as to mm-hmm. why you need what you need and the space. Because I think another thing that I was going to touch on was because we're talking about you were giving that example of he coughed or he breathed in proximity. 
And I think what's really nerve-wracking is this hypersensitivity and fear around breath because Mm -hmm. breath is such a healing, important, life-giving thing that on a cellular level, if we stop breathing even for a minute or two, our nervous system goes into fear and panic and our fight and flight. Mm -hmm. And if we're living in a state of panic, fight, and flight, then we're not in a proper state of mind to address conflict when it happens so that we can resolve it in a neutral way. It's just going to keep having those moments of combustion, the clash. <laughs> Such a good point. I I can remember actually when I when I started practicing yoga, um, I was quite scared of being one of those loud breathers. Like I think I just gave too many shits about what other people thought. So I was like, oh, is someone else thinking that I'm breathing too loudly near them? Um, and actually, there's a friend of mine who kind of this is last year now, but she made a joke about hating mouth breathers. She was like, oh, I can't stand mouth breathers. But I was like, you've got to be careful what you're saying there because if you inflict that on someone else, like you said, it makes them want to hold their breath. And if you're practicing any mindful movement with your held breath, you're not going to get the desired effect. Like you said, you're not going to get the healing benefits because your breath is more shallow, you're more filled with anxiety, you're more susceptible to getting ill that way rather than filling all your cells in your body with nourishing breath. So yeah, it is really, really hard. I suppose, especially for people that aren't aware of the breath or aware of different techniques to expand the breath, um, they might be the people that suffer even a bit more if they're really restricting themselves. I suppose if you're wearing a mask and yeah, the physical restriction of even wearing a mask without you even noticing is going to have, which I think is why it's one of those things that today I just wanted to say out loud because yeah. I think it, it's going to be one of those subtle things that can have a huge impact positively or negatively, but it's kind of like a silent killer potential, but at the same time can really also be a huge benefit and healing tool for us if we use it properly and Obviously, if you're in a space, yes, you're not going to breathe right in someone's face. But at the same time, if someone's breathing, then, you know, let them breathe. And it's okay. You're, you're okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know whether you've had this, but it has crossed my mind when I've been... So when I'm walking on the street or doing my shopping or whatever, and I'm, I'm keeping the two-meter distance... Um, but if I can, this might be my OCD, but if I can smell someone's perfume in front of me, my cogs started turning that I was thinking, well, technically if they're breathing and they had COVID or whatever, like, yeah, it would still probably be live in the air or whatever for you to get it. So, I mean, I could foresee that in some people that would cause anxiety, but for others, there has to come a point where you just lean over and give into the universe like whatever the plan is is going to be the plan you know like whether you're going to get it or you're not going to get it like I think that's always going to be the plan we can we can take as many precautions as we can but if you let fear override you're more likely to get ill then or weaken your immune system in other ways by being in a stressful state more than you need to be absolutely Yes, definitely. The whole idea of 
yeah, giving ourselves time and patience to re- go back into this new life. Because, so for example, I went back to one of the studios I work at. It's still completely empty. I was the only person there. But walking into the space, I honestly just stood there for probably almost five to ten minutes because it was such an eerie feeling to be in this space that used to be so vibrant and now has all the remnants of life, but you can tell that nobody's been in and out. And it's just, it almost made me want to cry. Not because I was sad, but just because it was so bizarre. Yeah. And I think we're all going to have those different moments at unexpected times and having the awareness that, if, yeah, you're having that moment or someone else is having that moment to give the space to let it happen without a judgment because we (laughs) all these things are out of our control and yeah yeah how crazy that's like you walked in and just felt that change of the energetic space like it had changed it was one of those things where like it just reality hits you and you're like this is not the same world we left Mm -hmm. so what have you been doing in yourself to try and, I guess, combat these feelings of anxiety or, or hold space for all of the feelings and all of the, you know, different things going through your mind and what you're noticing in others? I think what's, um, I mean, it, it seems so obvious, but making sure you're reaching out and having these conversations with whoever you feel comfortable to have these conversations with, which can be hard if you are living in isolation but if you have even if it's an instagram friend that you've never met but you feel you can just be open with because mm-hmm. one of the for me most beautiful silver linings is the relationship i've developed with one of my roommates because we now have such an open conversation about everything and it's been a really big part of my healing process through this whether things have come up directly related to quarantine or just things that now that I've had the time to sit have come up Mm. Um, and I know that if I had been alone that that would be a very different experience and right now I'd be in a very different headspace and so if that is something that you're in then I hope that you can take that step to start to reach out because people might not know that you need that hand Mm -hmm. that's been probably the biggest thing and for me movement is like my place that I can go and breathe and have my classes and have these connections and conversations with people and yeah staying connected is important even if it's still virtual yeah so important I've um I found myself going back to practices of transformational breath and I didn't realize it at the time but I think I guess all of us can relate to this like that first week or two of covid we were all like okay we need to accept that everything's changed lean into the possibility and opportunity that you know the virtual world can bring us in the way of connection and obviously still running our businesses and things um but then after like a week or two in I got to that point where I was like, just screen overload. I actually started getting this little bubble on my eyeball where I was like, I have had too much blue light in in my face. So um, yeah, yeah, I've been wearing my glasses more. Um, but yeah, so so I was like, without even realizing it, it, it started affecting me as it, as it has done with everyone, I'm sure. So then I was like, now I need to really key into what practices I need. And that ended up being, like you said, movement sometimes or transformational breath, something that was going to instantly shift 
that energy and make me think I need to keep keep nourishing rather than I guess not being aware of it or not not being aware of it but just trying to change things too quickly without giving them time um and space yeah yeah because it's again going back to the idea that we have to adjust our businesses to be online all of a sudden which if you're not equipped to do that to all of a sudden expect a full business within a two-month period in a normal world that's not an expectation that most people would ever have for themselves that maybe this two months I'm able to have my income coming from this new source yeah so it puts pressure on in a, in a cool way because I've seen like so many other people and it feels like for myself included that I've been able to push more than I normally would have otherwise mm-hmm. so that's great but then at the same time it's hard not to get carried away with your own expectations of what's realistic within that time period when you really step back and bring it back into perspective and the fact that everybody has shit going on and like they're not prioritize their priority is not coming online and checking in with what you're doing which obviously (laughs) yeah so it's yeah you never know all the different avenues that people are coming Mm -hmm. this at this from yeah and I suppose really if I mean when we met each other in Bali on the online yogi retreat um imagine if we'd have known that this was going to happen then that they'd have been like we're secretly preparing you for like taking your (laughs) taking more things online but if I suppose if if we hadn't done things like that it would have probably been even more pressure and you're right that there must have been a lot of pressure for um I've heard some yoga teachers who have said that they haven't gotten well with transferring to the virtual connection because it isn't the same and and a lot of us i mean as as humans we are designed to be sociable creatures you know none of us deal well with being on our own long term so i suppose for a lot of people that haven't as easily leaned into the virtual world that probably did hit really hard with like i can't feel the same connection or it's not the same as being in a room with all the other people and their energy that you can feed off each other so yeah it 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 must have been really really challenging and I suppose then trying to get the balance as we go into the next step um yeah it's just going to be a real experiment like for want of a better word because none of us really know what's coming or really know what is right or wrong in each moment so and I think the thing is, as many humans as there are on the world, that's as many different ideas and expectations as what's going to come out in the next couple of weeks. And yeah. so to be able to find that common ground with everybody's expectations of what should be allowed and how to interact and, yeah, what is expected of me. I don't know. When I walk into the shop, I mean, of course, we have our very basic two-meter distance and all of these, but sometimes people seem like they have their own little rules that you're just not aware of and yeah yeah, figuring all of that out I don't know do you have any strategies on like when you were in the shop what did you what did you do (laughs) it is difficult I've I've noticed 
both sides in me when I'm trying to hold space and be understanding of others. And then I've noticed that moment where I felt somebody slightly cross my boundary. Like there was this one moment when I was in, um, we have a like a shop just down the road from us that is a little Scott mid um, and they've had to do the one directional thing because they're small aisles. So just one directional, so everyone's going around the same way. And there was this, um, this guy in there that obviously had forgotten something from a few shelves behind me. And he, and he was like, oh, I've forgotten something. So he kept passing me. And it wasn't just once. It happened like three times. And then he was like, oh, one more thing. And I was almost getting to that stage where I was like, I don't, I don't know what's right to do now. Like, I don't know whether I should just stand back and let him do his thing. Or he, he then was trying to be kind uh, when he was in a queue and said, oh, you go before me. But I was thinking, well, it's technically not the right thing to do to cross without keeping the two meters. So I was like, oh, it's okay, I can wait. I'd rather be the patient one that waits and holds yeah. space for someone else. But at the same time, I could feel that anxiety and almost frustration, like anger feeling building in me because I was like, well, I don't know if he's crossing my boundary now, like and putting yeah. me at a health risk as well. So it is literally just almost like when you're out, you're just taking it second by second and moment by moment to be like, understanding of whatever's going through their mind and also just recognizing all these feelings that I'm having as well. Yeah, because, yeah, well, oh, I forget how I was going to say this, but there's, shoot, how was I going to, I'm losing my trail of thought. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, we'll take a breath, we'll take a deep nourishing breath. <laughs> Okay. Um, yeah, the idea that you can't plan what you're going to do in response to every moment and you can't control what other people are doing and passing, but mm -hmm. I think when you know you're in a good space, making the choice to be that person is like when you can make the choice to take the high road and then when you feel like you are that person, you hope that people can then return and give you that same space. Mm -hmm. Again, that's the thing is all of these things are still out of our control that having our a home base that you can come back to and sort through this and have a movement practice, a breath practice, any sort of outlet that lets you let go of that anxiety and start a little bit more fresh. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's a hot bath, maybe it's a cold shower, maybe it's anything that just both physically calms the nervous system, but also mentally just kind of helps you come back to a place that you can approach. For sure. Something that I haven't practiced in a little while actually, but I want to again, is the shaking dynamic meditations. Cause I do feel like all of these things that we're discussing now, like the conflicts, I can almost feel them in my body that it's like my body doesn't really know how to feel. It's, it's in a state of confusion and I need to like shake it out and just be like, let's let all of this go and just stay open hearted to, you know, lead with a bit more love and a bit more, um, yeah, yeah. I definitely need to do some of that. I think. Yeah. I, it's one of those things that anytime I've tried to try to get that incorporated into class, it really can be a mental hurdle for people to get over. You want me to just stand here and shake my body, but yeah. Really lean into it and just let it all go. It can be so cathartic and put on some crazy tunes and just let it all hang out. <laughs> <laughs> I 
<laughs> yeah, love it. Do you feel like you've become even more mindful and appreciative of like the little things that you probably don't notice when you're at home and that kind of yeah. stuff? Oh, can I just mute myself? No, I can hear you. Okay. <laughs> um, at first it was very noticeable when the quarantine first started in terms of, yeah, being much more mindful about really trying to create a schedule for my day and all of those things but then once I started having a routine I let myself kind of start to play with it a little bit based on how I work was waking up each day because I think it's important to have the routine but then it's also important to acknowledge that some days that routine isn't going to work for you that mm -hmm. day and it's always good to have that outline so that when you are ready you can come back to where you would have left off but also just knowing that we have the time in our days that if we need to take an extra 20 minutes we can take an extra 20 minutes <laughs> yeah i hope that that sticks with us all that sense of slowing down when you need to or taking you know that things in the time that you need to because i guess before covid19 it our society has been for like the last however many decades this very male driven energy of go 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 we reward people for doing more or being productive or like saying i've done this this and this so i feel good today and we don't reward ourselves or others as easily by saying I've done fuck all today and that's absolutely fine like you know so actually I hope that there is a bit more space to just be like that is nourishing and what we need sometimes as well so that we have this continuing polarity because you can't ever just be one or the other if we're just stuck in the go 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 something like this happens a pandemic happens that almost shocks the world into sense to be like this is unmaintainable just as much as leaning into the slowness if that was what you did all the time that would be unmaintainable as well so <laughs> you're like why <laughs> <laughs> yeah well and it definitely for me was a shock to the system because i was the timing of it was just kind of ironic in that this almost full four months right up before quarantine I had no days off not a single one <laughs> and there was a week period where things were starting to go back to a balanced schedule before quarantine actually began and so I went from working a seven day full work week to furlough <laughs> it was really hard to take that time to step back and be okay with just sitting at my ceiling and just thinking yeah. And it's not that I even had bad or negative thoughts. It was just that guilt of not being able to stop. Yeah. And, and it was tough, but being able to push through that has helped me get to now a better place where I can fill my cup and I can take that time. And if I start to spiral, I get my roommate. She's like, sit. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk. Yeah. 
your avocado toast. <laughs> yeah. Do you journal ever if you're feeling, if you're noticing those kind of thoughts? Do you journal as well or is that not your thing? Journaling is not my thing. I have attempted many times. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's just something about me with written language, even this like verbal thing has never been my uh, strong suit. So when it comes to my getting out those feelings and emotions, for me, that's when I do like to have my creative explorations and my movement because that's my language of expression. Yeah. Whereas writing things down in a journal, I sometimes end up more frustrated because my thoughts are going and I can't keep up and I'm like, nah! mm. and it's not a relaxing process. That's really interesting, actually. <laughs> I find that I sometimes, I go in and out of journaling and that and that's probably the reason, like, um, I find a similar thing. I don't know, I feel like I'm always changing because sometimes it will be movement for me or sometimes it will be that I feel I need to talk and get it out and just have like a receptive ear that's just going to be a listener rather than someone. I, actually, it's been interesting in um, in my marriage. We've had a lot of discussions with Callum about this stuff because um, I'm, I'm not sure whether it's a generalization to say that it is always a male trait. Like I'm sure that it's often a female trait as well, but I think it can often be a male trait to want to... Um, fix a problem like men are usually fixers they they like fixing things around the house or or Callum certainly does anyway and when it was at the beginning of uh, quarantine I guess I was having some like conflicting thoughts or whatever and needed a, a receptive ear to just kind of offload to without needing to be fixed or without needing a response and I kind of had to have these conversations with him to say sometimes actually the best thing that you can do for me is just to hold space and just to listen um and that might seem like I'm chewing his ear off a little bit but it it's so useful for me to be able to just get it off my chest um but at the beginning when he was trying to solve the problem that would just cause like a friction and a frustration because I was like well it can't be fixed. Like these problems can't be fixed. We're all in, in this together. And um, yeah, so that that was useful, I guess, a building brick in our, in our marriage to kind of explore this new territory of, um, yeah, just holding a bit more space because I guess there must've been a lot of people that probably have got on top of each other. Again, the two extremes, there will have been people quarantining alone and being very lonely or people quarantining in a full household perhaps still feeling lonely or feeling like, you know, you're all on top of each other and not able to communicate without fixing each other. When we don't need fixing, we just need to get it out. Or, yeah, because that's the difference between holding space and actually borderline codependency is that desire to try to fix and heal someone else, whereas all you can do is just be that rock and that yeah. support. And yeah, having, and I, I think sometimes when it's something that you're feeling sensitive about and you need to express, when you want someone to just hear you and not fix you when they do, it feels like they're trying to micromanage your choices. Well, that's maybe sometimes how I interpret it. And I am very aware that I can handle these emotions. I just need to have that outlet and have someone just make reassure me that I'm not going crazy (laughs) yeah 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So true. Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen anybody other than your husband in person yet? Um, no, I had to think about it then. No, I've been talking to my sister most days, which has been really nice to connect. And obviously I'm talking to some friends online, but other than actually seeing people in person, I, I guess I do feel like I'm getting to that stage where I'm excited for reintegrating. Like I'm excited for the opportunity to perhaps like, you know, go and meet other people or go for a coffee or like, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, but I think there is a lot more talking to do because I'm like you said, I'm not sure what's expected of me or what the rules are going to be, the guidelines. And I guess everyone's just sort of taking everyone else's lead, aren't they? But well, that's it is I didn't think we were technically out of lockdown here in the UK, but Mm. then some people are like, we are allowed to meet single people. And then some people are saying, "Uh, and that's just like, I have no idea anymore what is actually happening Mm -hmm. and so I'm going based off of what I see other people doing around me and then yeah you have that trust in making other people's choices (laughs) I must admit I really really enjoyed did you see the um the little video that Matt Lucas did his impression um (laughs) when he was like go home uh, don't go home or go to work don't don't go to work stay home don't don't stay home (laughs) it just highlighted it so well didn't it just being like nobody knows what the fuck's going on yeah but you know creativity comes out of chaos and we just have to know how to channel it so true is it to create a new positive world that we now have the ability to do like how many times in our life have we said i wish the world would just press pause so that i could have this time to recover like i know yes. that has come out of my mouth many times in the past and now here we are and if we can take grasp and take advantage of this opportunity to recreate then it can be a really beautiful moment mm-hmm. it's been really nice actually seeing everyone saying that they you know went through that stage of being like I didn't want to accept the change of reality obviously all of us have had plans that have altered and been postponed or cancelled or the rest of it um and it's actually been quite refreshing and nice to see people going through that stage and being like okay so I've accepted it now and like you said now is the time to pause do the things you've been putting off or that you've wanted to get round to um, whether that's like little DIY things in the house or just resting or yeah. yeah, whatever it is. It's so, it's so true. We always long for something until it actually comes and then it's not as we've predicted it's going to be. Yeah. The grass isn't always greener on the other side. Mm-hmm. We're still in this journey. And even the thing is, if you're ready to go back, that doesn't mean that your friends are ready to go back so even if you're saying hey let's go and meet up if someone says no don't take it personally maybe they have parents who are vulnerable and they're not ready to make that decision yet even even though we have these choices now that doesn't mean that people are going to be making those choices and we can't always expect them to make yeah that decision that we want them to make to come hang out with us because maybe I've been really lonely and I want to see you but your dad is really sick and that's just not something that you're willing to sacrifice right now and I think there's just so many things that we don't even know are going to be issues yet that this that's 
why it's good to start to have this conversation, but at this point, there's only so much we can speculate until things start to evolve and actually happen. Yeah, that's such a valid point that you've just made there. I'm so glad you said that. Um, I suppose for people who have already had family members that have been affected or have passed away from COVID, you know, that's going to be a completely different mindset and fear level. Like you said, if your friends are wanting you to meet up, yeah, just for, for seeing that and respecting people's boundaries and knowing your own boundaries, that saying no is fully acceptable and okay. Um, yeah, it's such a good point. a real thing in London because it is usually so busy isn't it that I don't know what the time scale will be until it goes back to being that full busyness but I would I would probably feel the same if I was there yeah yeah well those close combined confined spaces maybe eventually the bus I'm sure maybe in a few weeks I might be like okay buses we're ready for but the underground is something that I think might take me some time are they still running the underground then, or...? Yeah. It's oh. much more limited and restricted in terms of how often, and I think certain lines and stops aren't functioning, but yeah. um, they're keeping a lot of the main things going so that people who do need it as a necessity for work, yeah. if they're working in a job that they have to keep doing, then they have that option. Mm. Yeah, you could, you could... I mean, you want to restrict the public transit at the same time if you have NHS workers who can't afford to have a vehicle but then you need them to come into work then how do you expect them to do that you can't pay for a cab every single day yeah yeah that's so true my um my sister works for the NHS and she's been well usually she's an operating practice department um worker like she assists the surgeons um, but her role has changed. They've obviously needed her to help out in the intensive care unit. And she, we had a, a discussion one day where she was telling me, you know, of the first patient that she'd cared for that had passed away from COVID-19. And it was, it was like a reality check for me. It was hard for me being almost in this little safe bubble where I'm okay with being at home because I, I work from home like most of the time anyway. Um, so I suppose if I'm honest, I felt quite prepared for COVID and like it wasn't too much of a change for me. But then I was hearing this whole other side from my sister and like began to understand her level of fear with going to the shops even because she was seeing like the worst end of the effects. Um, and maybe it sounds wrong to say I'm glad that I've had her to have that discussion with. I'm not glad that any of this has happened, obviously, but I'm grateful to have been able to see it from that point of view because without that, I probably would have been a bit more like cotton wool pulled over the eyes and not able to just have a little bit more empathy towards um, the extremes. Because it has been extreme. It sounded extreme. And I, I guess I wasn't really expecting it to sound that extreme, but yeah. 
yeah taking the responsibility to educate yourself on the realities of some people's experience through this because it is easy to disappear into your own bubble in your home if you're not turning on the news and if you don't have updates on your phone which is a great choice because at a certain point it's too much there's yeah. also that bubbling over point yeah but if you are purposefully removing yourself so that you're blissfully unaware then when you go out one you're setting yourself up for more of a shock to the system because you're entering a world that you're not prepared for yeah but then you are also not ready to be respectful for those places that other people have been like I have a roommate who at no point was following the lockdown rules and it created a lot of tension in the house because I also have roommates who are on that opposite end of the spectrum mm-hmm. and potentially have health risk issues and because one was unable to see it didn't affect him so why did he have to make those sacrifices mm-hmm. versus so that's why I think another reason why I was hyper aware was because it was a very real energy <laughs> constantly around me yeah. uh, and yeah, being understanding of the fact that it's going to be harder if you feel like personally you are removed from it. So I think being self-educating enough to have the empathy is a key important thing in moving forward with that compassion and being able to lead with love rather than I have the right to do this. Lockdown is now over. You can't say anything. Well, maybe, but mm-hmm. is that- the best respectful decision that you can make yeah I agree um I was thinking then when you were explaining that you're a very observant person and I would count myself as the same I like to think I'm quite observant and take into account lots of different opinions I think that probably comes from my background in acting as well because I'm used to putting myself in someone else's shoes imagining how they would feel and sort of embodying that And it seems very real, you know, to feel that. And I think that's where a lot of my empathy comes from. But for other people who aren't observant, I have no idea whether they know that, whether they're aware that they're not observant. And I guess this is where a huge challenge is going to come because I feel like if people are unobservant, if they could be a part of more conversations with those or, or listen to like a conversation like this where they might just think, oh, I hadn't, I hadn't thought of that, you know, from someone else's perspective, um, can only be a good thing to educate themselves. But what happens if, if there are a large majority of people who are unobservant and they just don't care to learn or they don't? There's like a genuine just, cause there were conversations, we had conversations and just nothing resolved mm-hmm. so now we're at a point where yes people are, are allowed to make their decisions and that's just the way life is mm-hmm. and in a way that's good because that just dissolves itself um, but I think that's why even in situations where it, it seems more black and white but things are not necessarily going according to those plans that realizing we don't have the control and that we can only do our best and then beyond that hold the space and by not feeding into it more then you're 
not going to give that person fire to want to kind of put it more in your face almost. I don't know if that's the right way of saying that. But I think sometimes people get defensive, and if you start saying, I don't want you to be doing that, if you, if it comes across in a more aggressive way, then people can have to be like, but no, I can, and throw it back at you. So I think the more we can not... Um, judge, but I want to say criminalize, but that's really the wrong word. Um, but yeah, shame people for what they're doing, then we're giving them the space to make the different choice next time without mm. the de- defense of, well, this is fine, so I'm just going to keep doing this to prove my point. Mm. I think is a dynamic that is also possible to come up. Yeah, I appreciate that, because I know that I can sometimes still react rather than respond um and that's a reminder to me and I hope everyone else that's listening yeah to keep reminding ourselves of yeah responding rather than reacting and just taking into account everyone else's opinions and their choices that they're free to make like you say yeah yes because we are now in no man's land it's the quarantine version of the wild west <laughs> it is <laughs> when are we going to be carrying around guns no just kidding no our face masks are guns. <laughs> have you have you invested in a face mask are you gonna go I, I i ordered some but i haven't gotten them in yet so they're on their way but... it's so funny how they're becoming like a fashion accessory now like you know I mean, why the hell not? Yeah. <laughs> did you, have you gone fancy with yours or did you keep it pretty simple? I've bought one. It's just black with little daisies on. I haven't, it hasn't arrived yet, but I thought, why not? You know, yeah. Daisies. I just got plain black. I think I got it like a pack of five that you can rewash. And... Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Might as well be taking the precautions, like you said, because not knowing, like you'd rather protect other people and yourself and then... Yeah, and I think part of the reintegration is there's going to be a phase where it's mandatory. So whether or not you want to, (laughs) you have to. Yeah, you have to go get a mask because if you want to go into certain places and do certain things, Mm -hmm. there's a good likelihood that it's going to be mandatory to be wearing a mask in order to do that. So if you're fighting the no mask fight, I think it's just going to be a losing battle for a little while. I think so too. Good opportunity for the small businesses as well. Like I got my mask from Etsy and this lady was like, I've been making masks all day. And I was like, good for you. Yeah. Helping people out. I have a question. Do you know how necessary having a filter in it is versus just the cloth being over your face? Um, from my limited understanding, I'm by no means an expert on this. Um, my sister has told me that obviously the ones that they wear in the hospital are medical grade, but they have to change them every day. I suppose the reusable ones with the filter, um, I think the filter is in there to kind of as an extra precaution, because if it's just a singular piece of cloth, it's probably not doing a whole lot. Um, and I guess even though they're washable and reusable, technically those filters in there must be able to be changed as well. So like, let's say you've washed it a few times and that filter's becoming a bit disintegrated. I guess you'd be giving yourself better protection to change that filter. Um, that's true. That's yeah, true. yeah, That I think that's the case anyway, but yeah, it's difficult, isn't it? One, another 
Yeah. Who would have thought this when 2020 started? Like, (laughs) yeah, face masks and who knew? But yeah, I mean, there's been so much going around about wishing for 2019 back and not waiting for 2021. But I think there's so that's really dangerous mindset to get into because there's so much beauty that can come from these challenging times Mm -hmm. like I think for most people if you live back over the course of your life a lot of the most beautiful moments happen during a lot of really hard challenging moments and to keep that in mind while we're in this challenging moment because it's one of those things that's always easier to see in hindsight but if we can continue to keep appreciating these online new connections that we're building and all of these other beautiful things that are coming in the new relationships that maybe you're building with roommates that you've coexisted with but you had no idea that you could be such good friends <laughs> yeah. um, and uh, whatever it is or maybe you discovered a new hobby and a new craft or you've been taking a course and you're ready to start applying this course to whatever part of the life that you want to <laughs> absolutely but, yeah so when we're in those challenging moments having a reliable source of things you know bring you joy that you can go back to to help balance out because we're not always going to have easy moments we're going to have a lot of challenging moments coming forward and ones we don't expect ones that we can't prepare for and having strategies prepared that work for you is going to be really proactive of us if we can do it yeah so well said I love that. Just checking the time there on the podcast. I know, I was just doing the same thing. We've been banging on for ages. That's great, though. I'm so glad that we've covered, like, a lot. Was there anything else that you wanted to, like, discuss? Or do you think... I think we've covered a lot there. I think I've definitely said my piece. (laughs) Um, But like I said, it would be great to, at some point, do another check back in with this because... It is just going to be a never-evolving thing. and Absolutely, yeah. Maybe in a couple of weeks we should check back in and kind of touch base, see what our experiences are, and yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah, perfect. Yay, well, thank you so much. It's been divine to see you. I know, well, and hopefully in person soon. I know, I hope so too. Once we can travel within the UK, maybe I'll come your way. Yes, you're welcome in Scotland anytime. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Thank you, gorgeous. Enjoy the rest of your day. Yes, have a beautiful evening. Loads of love. (laughs) Bye. Oh, Nikki, thank you, thank you, thank you. Honestly, I admire your mindfulness, your observation, and your ability to put into words so many different points of view, which I I know was helpful for me and I really hope was helpful for others as well. Like we said, we hope to touch back on these same points in a couple of weeks' time as we go forward with the new changes following COVID-19. 
As always, you know where to find me on Instagram at RuthSteel underscore Let's Connect. And you can practice with me on YouTube by typing in Ruth Steele. Keep taking care of yourselves and we'll see you next time.